1: the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes com. no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details hey uh hey josh hey man what's up Not much. You know, I've been thinking. uh, We've been doing this for uh, a while now. And, uh, you know, we've done Star Wars. We've done Spider Man. We've done Marvel. We've done DC. You know what we have never done? High School Musical. Oh, my goodness. This again? Yeah, no, hear me out, hear me out, because I know, I know the movie came out 14 years ago and Zac Efron, who, of course, has now been in Baywatch, Neighbors, uh, many other amazing things, um, you know, but we're not going to talk about that. That was 2006. No, I want to talk about the crown jewel of Disney Plus High School Musical, the musical, the series. See, when you said crown drool, I thought we were going to talk about Mandalorian, but... No, you would think so, but uh, but no. Production and acting and scenery and costume design, uh, uh, Mandalorian is great, but second to the masterpiece that is High School Musical, the musical, the series.
0: All right, I'll tell you what, you have put in your time here with Victims and Villains i guess
1: we can do this well i mean we're all in this together right okay.
0: here
1: we go <laughs> that's right we are going to be doing high school musical the musical the series this is the victims and villains podcast Show where we talk nerd, talk hope, and speak nothing else. And I am your host for this week, Dan Rockwood, and I've got Captain Nostalgia as always with me here as well.
0: Whoop I was recently talking about this series with a coworker of mine, and they were like, Oh, so it's basically just a long gated version of the of the Disney movie. And I was like, No, it's like it's nothing like the Disney movie. it is, but it's not it's and its own thing. It is its own thing, and I was like, "So, we're like, there is it called High School Musical?" I was like, "No, it's called High School Musical, Musical, the series." <laughs> and they were like, "That is just the longest title ever." I'm like, "But when you see the show, you'll understand why."
1: Mm-hmm. It's um, I love everything about it, and uh, I I did high school theater, so this series is very near and dear to my soul. Were you involved with anything uh, theater or band or performing arts in, in any way?
0: So I was not intentionally ever involved in theater. And two weeks before a production that my high school was doing, a friend of mine was in the school play. And they had this part where this kid was basically, he only had a few lines and he was just, he was the class clown basically and they were like we think you'd be perfect for it so I was like all right so I came read through and went did dress rehearsal and got all my lines memorized and I instantly fell in love with it Uh, I bonded so much with the the techies as we called them uh, the people that did the the scenery Mm -hmm. I went after a theater almost every production that from my sophomore year until my senior year. So I loved theater.
1: Nice. That's awesome. I got into it uh, also my sophomore year of high school and I was intentionally involved um, cast wise. I I was in just about every production that we did. But what I found funny was not even related to the actual drama club and the productions we did. But my senior year we were putting on our senior show And a bunch of friends of mine who were involved with theater were directing and leading the show and basically showing a bunch of our classmates who had never touched a set before how to design and stage and block a show. And so I go one day uh, at the request of my friend to somewhat observe, just kind of be there, give some tips and and just uh, hang out. I got looped into basically running (laughs) the backstage area and I had never done crew before. I was only ever on stage. So now I'm behind the curtain trying to do all these things and help these people who have never been in a live show before meet their marks and learn their lines and know, uh, what the scene order was. And, Um, you know, the meme that goes around of like, come on, man, you, you, you had one job. I literally had one job. And on the second night I failed, (laughs) uh, there was a scene where the curtain closes and then a character comes out from behind the curtain, but it closes, it overlaps in the center, right from the two, two parts of the curtain. And so I needed to be there as it was closing to grab it so that the person could easily find their mark and get out onto stage and I was a second too late, and I missed it, and the two halves of the curtain uh, collided with each other. And then, fortunately, we were able to find it, but it took like three of us digging through the curtain trying to find the breaks so that the person could actually get out. So that was a fun experience. Uh, But I think having been through the um, environment of high school theater, you have an appreciation for the show, because it is very self-aware it comments on itself almost constantly and every single time my fiance and i watched it together which she studied theater and has a degree in costume design and um she would she and i would both laugh at just the number of things where we'd be like that's not how that works and then in the mockumentary style a character could be like yeah we know that's not usually how this goes but yeah we're just gonna do it this way anyways and i was like <laughs> show is like it it deserves a lot of credit and i from everything i've seen from people watching it between the actual crowd that i think it's supposed to be aimed at like the high school crowd and younger and then people who grew up with the original high school musical i've seen I'll, i'll say this i have not seen any negative opinions about it on the YouTube videos I've watched or on the social media that I've followed, it's all been positive. It's all been people building up the cast and and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's just really refreshing to see because I also follow Star Wars on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. And just seeing the fan base uh, react just so negatively and toxically to everything that comes out about that, it's nice to have at least one fandom where people seem to support each other pretty well.
0: Yeah, I was... So I grew up with Around High School Musical because I have a little sister, and so when High School Musical was in its thrall back in 2006, my hallways were aligned and equipped and echoed Vanessa Hudgens, Corbin <laughs> Ballou, Zac Efron.
1: Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's just so just good. Every. I, everything. I've been meaning to... I haven't re-watched those movies, or I should say, as big of a fan as I am, I've only ever seen the first movie. I haven't seen two or three. Um, I want to eventually. I really want to do a triple feature some Friday night, um, and I found a very fun... Uh, you could call it a drinking game, to the original High School Musical, which I'm pretty sure you would die if you followed, um, because some of the rules were take a drink every time someone holds a basketball, take a drink every time Troy leans against a wall or a locker, take a drink every time uh, someone shuts down Sharpay when she's um, you know going off on a tangent or insulting somebody. Um, and I was like, these rules are just, they're insane, man. But I love how, as a freshman in high school when this came out and i feel like even back then we were able to see past the meta fictitiousness of what was going on and be like this is so intentionally meant to be over the top and silly and we love that because it's so self-aware and this just takes it to a whole other level um which uh, i guess i guess we should say i mean uh, hopefully You guys listening, you've seen it. If you have not, I know there's a pay barrier there with Disney Plus. But if you have access to Disney Plus or if you thought about getting access to Disney Plus, it is absolutely worth it. It follows a team of students going to East High, the high school where High School Musical was filmed, and their new drama teacher wanting to put on a stage production of High School Musical. So it is those kids in that school then being cast to play Troy and Gabriella and Sharpe and Ryan and all the other characters that we love so, so much. And I think it succeeds in two ways. One is standing on its own, being its own thing, much like SNL's David Pumpkins with Tom Hanks. It is able to be its own thing and be independent of the source material while also adapting it in a new and super fun way, and I am not being facetious when I say my expectations were blown away when I watched it. It is a genuinely good show, uh, and I as I love the Mandalorian. I intend to rewatch the Mandalorian again soon. Uh, I would absolutely rewatch High School Musical, the musical, the series in a second for anyone and probably for myself, because I don't know any, I don't think I have any friend interested in sitting down and going through 10 episodes of this with me, but <laughs> it's uh, its just, it was so fun. Um, and so I know I peer pressured you into it. I don't think you had intentions to do it, but I was able to convince you. So what were your reactions and thoughts as you were getting into this series?
0: So... One of the things that I I will say to comment on what you just said about the the pay barrier, this is a show that is really easy to knock out. It's very light and it's very funny, but you find that once you kind of hit the halfway point, there's enough about these characters that you actually start to feel for them. And... I we had recorded one episode I think it was Waterboy and I sat down to just just to see what you were so hyped about and I sat down to watch one episode and I ended up watching the first 3 it is so intelligently written this is like what I've been telling people is this is the office of musicals it it just has that very Just, it's shot very much in the vein of like The Office or or Parks and Rec, where you have those asides and those mockumentaries. And I think that's what makes this refreshing, but also at the same time is that it's taking something you're familiar with, but breathing it into something that is grounded, self aware, very meta. But also heartfelt at the same time, and I think that is what really captured me was the dynamics between some of the characters and just the uh, just the effects of. I think Ricky's arc was was the, really the one that uh, affected me most um, because we just we just back in March we just did a episode on divorce and mental health, and divorce is this very common thing that takes its toll on families and I really liked that they were bold enough to really explore that and also I think in the equally in the same in the same um, the in the same vein the uh, chick who plays Gina Porter who is uh, you know she's basically a she was an army brat right um because like yeah, she, she got up and like frequently moved i can't remember what her mom did for a living that they had to do that
1: uh that's right yeah i think her dad um i believe it was involved with the military and so they were moving around uh pretty frequently because of that or but you know he, what it was it was uh it was fema it was fema anytime yeah. a disaster struck uh they had to move which i meant to do research i don't know if that's a real thing where you move from disaster area to disaster area. I know that when something strikes, they'll call for aid and and you go, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just ignorant on this, but I don't think there are that many national disasters happening at one time for you to need to move consistently, but I could be completely uh, ill-informed on that. So that's some research that I'm going to have to do.
0: Yeah, and but those are the those are the kind of characters that I, I really found myself rooting for because the stakes when you are like high school is hard enough as it is, but when you add in home life on top of like schooling and relationships and friendships and just the apocalyptic worldview that we had as teenagers already, it makes it that much hard. Like I, I'm, I'm really grateful that. Uh, even though I came close to possibly, you know, being in separate states from my parents, that that never happened and that they were able to uh, stay together and go to therapy and, and like basically reconcrete their marriage um, because I look and I, I talk with, with friends about that have gone through divorce or that have frequently moved and they, they talk about the, the toll that it takes on their own mental health. And, um, as a kid, that's gotta be extraordinarily tough.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, my parents are divorced. Uh, When I was leaving kindergarten, they split up. So for me, it was always just that was the reality. That was life. I mean, before long, that was just what I knew was living in Massachusetts with my mom, my grandparents, and then going to visit my dad in New Hampshire. That's just what we did. Um, And they lived about an hour apart. And there are definitely times where it was frustrating and it wasn't easy. And there were more arguments than I care to count. Uh, between the stress of the entire situation and between custody discussions and just everything else. I don't have time to get into here, but it is definitely mentally taxing and exhausting. And I think you do carry a good amount of that throughout your life, definitely your teenage years. And uh, for me, I've managed to... um, come to terms with a lot of what i have dealt with and it has made me realized uh through speaking with different professionals and just working through my own feelings of that how critical childhood is to each person and how many possibilities and how many opportunities there are for something to go wrong that will uh cause you to carry um that trauma that pain that heavy weight with you for however long and many times you might not realize that that is what you're doing um the best analogy i can think of was before i got glasses i did not know i needed glasses i just thought that's how the world looked um i finally spoke up at my frustration we were at a mcdonald's and i said why do they put the menu above the counter but you can't read it they don't make the text big enough And that is when my stepmom realized, you can't read that. I think you need glasses. And I did. Uh, So when you spend your life carrying around these different emotional weights, um, unless you kind of have a third party to look and say, whoa, hey, now that's not that's not something that you should have to carry and not something that everybody carries. So the you need to figure out the best way to kind of work through and deal with that. And I like how High School Musical, the musical, the series um, does open that that up with Ricky's parents going through a divorce with Ricky dating Nina Nini, and then they splitting up and then Nini trying to figure out what she wants to do. And then she's dating EJ who she met at drama camp. And there are all these different interwoven relationships. And then it brings in the element of the adult relationships as well. Whereas the series goes on, we see Ricky's mom, we see Ricky's dad and we see uh, miss Jen as well go through some of these different difficulties. And it's um, I like that this show brings forward a platform that allows you to see characters kind of deal with all these different issues and the different support systems that they have and be able to figure out, um, you know, how best to move forward with the different um, problems that they're facing.
0: I I couldn't agree more. And I, I think... We want to inch into spoiler territory, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. But if you were someone you know is listening to this right now and you're struggling with suicide, addiction, self-harm, or depression, we encourage you guys to please reach out. Much like Dan said at the beginning of the show, we're all in this together. And as much as that is a high school musical pun and joke, that is the reality of why we create this content so that you guys can know that you have value and that you are not alone. And that we're all in this together. So please, if you are someone you know is, is struggling, you guys can reach out to us on any of our social media. Call the Suicide Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You can text HELP to 741741 or... Go to victimsandvillains.net forward slash hope where you guys can get even more resources past the ones that I've just mentioned. All of those resources are going to be in the show notes wherever you guys are listening to this podcast right now. Please stay with us because suicide is currently the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. There are 130 suicides that take place each and every day. And when you scale back internationally, there are 800,000 successful suicides. That's one death roughly every 40 seconds every suicide committed is one too many so please stay with us reach out we'll be right back with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
0: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up
1: quicker than a guest registry
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com
1: no purchase necessary bdw Void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
0: we are back and we are all in this together i need a better better line to re- re- of reference
1: to high school no, I musical think- I think we're all in this together is perfect. But, you know, with a series so rich in uh, lyrical uh, manifestations, you have many to choose from. I mean, I think you just need to get your head in the game is what I'm saying and figure out uh, which line you want to go with there.
0: I came across. uh, So you've never seen the you've never actually seen the, the second or third one.
1: I haven't and, no it's one of my biggest games. <laughs> that and I the came fact a- that uh I don't really know how to whistle. So two I, things I need to work on.
0: I came across this like mashup where they took one of Troy's songs from the second one and took removed the instrumental from it and <laughs> actually replaced it with Avenged Sevenfold I think and it sounds oddly oddly pretty smooth.
1: It's it's super weird. Is it the one where he's running across a golf course? Yeah. (laughs) I've seen that clip, and I've seen Sharpay's song, uh, Fabulous, that she plays by the pool. And um, I have—there are a few things that I share at the start of every summer. The opening song to High School Musical 2 about summertime, I genuinely think that is one of the catchiest bops I've ever heard. And I find myself singing it as the weather gets warmer. And Fabulous by Sharpay. So I've seen those two scenes, and I will usually share those videos to my social media right around the end of May, beginning of June, uh, when I'm hyped up and ready for summer myself.
0: Oh, I I don't I don't play anything like that. I don't have any cool stories like that. I wish I did, but I
1: don't. (laughs) I'm a very seasonal person, um, as I'm sure you can tell. Like, for example, this Saturday is the 22nd of February, which is the date that in Hot Fuzz the kid in the bar gives to Simon Pegg when he asks, when's your birthday? So, of course, this Saturday, um, I have a birthday party to go to, but before that birthday party, I will be watching Hot Fuzz to celebrate.
0: Fair enough. Also, for those of you guys that don't know, Dan actually will take off every May 4th and watch star wars all day long because of may the 4th uh
1: that is also true and you know i've been looking at my calendar this year because it's on a monday uh which would be a nice long weekend but we'll see need to figure out my vacation time um i do take the tuesday of the e3 press conference when nintendo does their big reveal for games coming up in the following year i do take that day off because I want to be able to focus and follow all of the gaming news that's coming out. Um, so basically, I'm a big nerd, and if you follow the show, you already know that. So it's all good.
0: All right. Well, let's get into jump. Let's jump into High School Musical, the musical, the series. All right. And uh, this was this is your baby. So I'm just going to let you hear the ship. Here are the keys to the wave rider. Yes. Where do you want
1: to take us first? Uh, Well, first, the first thing I want to get into is I will say that for me, maybe a similar experience. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, For me, I was watching the show. I was really enjoying it and I was definitely having a good time. But there were two moments that sold it for me. The first was nini's first song in the first episode uh so olivia rodrigo and i shouldn't say her first song because she does perform i think i kind of you know via the instagram video but at the end when she's at the audition and she's singing and the power goes out and then it goes into she's on this beautiful stage with chandeliers and she's singing um start of something new and her voice is just so unique and so powerful um i honestly haven't personally heard anything quite like it before so that was something that just captured my attention right away and seeing the set design and the way they were doing this i was like that is just so cool and i'm so sold and then we watched more episodes and we got to episode five and i said out loud i was like you know my biggest issue with the show is they say it's a musical. And though we've gotten some isolated uh, numbers and auditions and rehearsals, we haven't really seen a full musical number yet. And it was episode five where there's the big homecoming dance and there's a huge choreographed scene. Uh, and it was um, that that song, uh, Born to be Brave, is not only one of my favorite High School Musical, the musical, the series songs. It has become one of my favorite songs ever. I listen to it just about every day. Uh, it just pumps me up so much. It makes me so happy, and it is just this power ballad of of self love and perseverance, and um, you know, just going out there and uh, and doing what you want to do. Uh, So I'd say those were the big two moments for me where I was like, this series, it's not just a joke anymore where I'm watching this ironically. Like, I am actually actively enjoying this show. I'm invested in these characters, and I'm just loving everything that they're giving to me. And the original songs are good, I think that's the biggest thing is that they could have just rehashed the old music, but the songs that they've written for this are really catchy and really well done. And the vocal work is exceptional. Um, So I think those were the first two moments that really kind of struck me. And that was in the first five episodes of the show. So in the first half, they've kind of sold me. Um, Were there any moments early on that really stood out to you where you were just kind of sold or really like caught your attention?
0: Yeah. So one of the things that I really enjoy in music and the older that I get, the the more of an appreciation I have for these are really stripped down songs. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I love metal. I love pop music. But there's something about an artist and a piano or an artist and a guitar that is just haunting and it just stays with me. And there's there's, there's two moments that really kind of stuck with me where I watched the second episode simply to, simply to see if it was going to be as good as the first episode because I, I have mm. watched pilots before and I'm like, all right, I'm really jazzed for this show. And then you get into the second episode and the third episode and you're like, oh... Oh, yeah. so it's not as good as... The, and the CW is really, really strong with that, with the, some of their DC properties. And so there's there's a line in uh, the Big Red uh, says, and we're in spoilers mode by now, if you guys haven't already. I don't know if I said that, but spoilers. Uh, there, There's a line where their production, their, like their stage manager, Natalie, whenever she's not ever there in the uh in the moment it was it was big red and big red was ricky's right hand and they're all kind of sitting around in the circle at one point and he just has this aside with the camera and he's like did i did i join a cult
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like anyone who has done high school theater that is that line resonates with me on a level that i am uncomfortable to admit well, like, like that.
0: Went, as soon as he said that, like I was crying, laughing, and I was like, "All right, I got to see where this kid's going." Because Big Red was my favorite character to watch unfold, and just his, just, just his entire arc. Like, there's, there's a scene in the the finale where he is talking to, uh, Mister. Um, Mr. Mar- Marzara? I
1: um Mazzara, like, yeah, I believe yeah, this is.
0: Just... So Mazzara is he is the the STEM teacher. He's like actively trying against it the entire time. He is like got this like robot class and robot tournaments and
1: he's honestly one of my favorite characters. I could say that about any of these characters, but he he, like particularly shines for me. Yeah, he does. His introduction is, is so great. And he just slowly like unfolds and becomes a, a really good asset like throughout the course of the series.
0: But I think it's one of the things that I really enjoyed was I, I liked where they had to move the venue because they called the school on fire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was another great, entirely amazing episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so they move there, and he is just watching Big Red operate all of these effects, lights and sounds, and he's like, just mesmerized. And he's like, "You did this? You like learned this all in a couple hours?" And he was like, basically. Like, I kind of want to spin off just with like just with his like robot club where he's like trying to recruit kids because he does that quite a lot here. And I just kind of maybe maybe not like a a full series, maybe like a a, maybe like an hour long special where you just kind of get to see him recruit kids or like have like them have a robot battle. With another school. I just think it would be funny.
1: Well you want to know what I've wanted. um, When I saw this. Was I want. If you're familiar with the 2005 film Robots. um, The animated film. I think it might have been DreamWorks. I don't think it's a Disney property. It might be. But if it was. I would want a Mr. Mazzara led show. In the theme of the 2005 movie Robots called Robots, the musical, the series and <laughs> have it be him in his club building the robots from the movie Robots and then then putting on a robot show. And then if you want to get really really metafictitious with it, you could then dive in and zoom into the world of the robots they build and them not knowing that they themselves have been built within the confines of a TV show uh, and them thinking they are independent beings. There's a Rick and Morty episode that kind of deals with that concept. So if they could take that idea and build it out and give him his own series, I would be a very happy person if that were to happen. (laughs) So...
0: I thought so. I just double checked. Robots, it was not originally a Disney property because it was distributed by Fox. However, it is now a Disney property because of Fox's uh, or Disney's consumption of all Fox properties.
1: You know what's interesting? And this is off topic, and I promise I'm only going to go here for like 20 seconds because we go on tangents sometimes, or I should say I go on tangents sometimes, and I apologize. <laughs> I was reading an article the other day about The Simpsons and what is going to happen to The Simpsons now that Disney owns it. And one, looking at the history of Simpsons bits or jokes where they comment just on the capitalistic um, intentions of Disney and how they don't really shine the company in a good light. And the thoughts that I have I've had are, one, that kind of social commentary. We're going to lose a little bit of that now that Disney has taken over. And I'm not dissing Disney by any means. I love Disney, don't get me wrong. But I do think that there is something to be said for them now owning The Simpsons. The other thing which actually I find more disturbing is that you go to any social media page or just talk to your friends or your uncle and – uh someone somewhere will tell you, well, The Simpsons ha- hasn't been good for 25 years. The best seasons were up through season seven, season eight, um, back when people like Conan O'Brien were writers on the show. And those were the classic episodes. And don't get me wrong. I love those episodes. I still go back and watch them. But I do think the newer stuff has some credit, which is disappointing because I think the way how popular the show has become, how expensive it is to produce, the amount they pay their guest stars when they get on there. Um, This article is basically saying that the profitability of The Simpsons for Disney is not in uh, renewing seasons and making it keep going. It is in the having it all available on Disney Plus and the bingeability of the fact that people can go back and watch those older seasons. So I don't know what the history of that show is going to be, if it's going to continue um just be getting renewed like Fox always did with it or if Disney will just finally put it to sleep and then unleash the entire thing on Disney Plus and people can go back and relive their childhood memories for however long they want, which really is just what Disney Plus is to begin with. But um, OK, that was longer than 20 seconds. But thank you for <laughs> listening to my TED Talk. I'll step off the soapbox <laughs> now.
0: So this is the what I love about podcasting is that you you start with one subject and then somehow <laughs> it, it, it carries into another subject. But somehow it's still related to the first subject mm-hmm. because, you know, now Disney owns – uh, the Simpsons and Disney also owns High School Musical, but uh, I, I just want to comment real quick. I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and I watched it probably up till the first 20 seasons, and then I dropped out for a couple years, and then I came back. and I think you're right. Like there, there, there was this like lull of, of the time that they had, but. I I feel like at this point shows like South Park and the Simpsons are that have been going on for such a long period of time that as much as I love them, I think it's time to let it go
1: Mm -hmm. and give us something new. And yeah, I mean, that's the thing, especially when you get into uh, the type of serialized sitcom, it, it can be difficult, but when you're telling a story, stories can naturally come to an end, and that's okay. It is okay to wrap up something on your terms and tell the complete arc of the story that you want to tell. Um, but unfortunately, we're seeing more and more where things are getting renewed and kind of pushed back the point where they could be they could benefit from the type of story they were telling.
0: Well, it it begs the question of oversaturation as well. To a what point do we feel like it's oversaturated? Mm-hmm. Where you're now in the thirty first season of The Simpsons, and we just keep coming up more. And I think that they they had said that they Disney renewed it to like twenty twenty five, which would mark if I'm if I'm doing my mouth correctly in my head, it would mark it up to thirty five seasons. Wow, which would be incredible. And they've done amazing episodes, but at, at some point, we're in a culture now where it's just oversaturation is just a normal thing now. You know, we're seeing constant you know reboots and remakes and like everything that you know used to be, um, you know, popular. 15 10 15 years ago is now being you know brought back for consideration or reimagining and they just need to get their head in the game and just do something (laughs) new man
1: uh totally agreed and um you know oh i have no idea what the future holds but it'll be interesting to see
0: but there is a uh, – before this whole Simpsons soapbox opened up, Pandora's box, that's the one thing that – you never know what you're going to get with victims and villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to answer your question, there's, a, there's another moment where it really hooked me, and it's another song where uh, we are seeing – uh ashlyn behind a keyboard and she is playing uh give me one second i can tell you the name of the song she is playing uh wandering and oh yeah it's her and Nini that that they're singing this and ricky kind of comes in and and walks in on them singing but i just i loved the lyrics to that um and i i think that i that's one of the songs that i went back and i've listened to uh, a number of times and i have a ongoing spotify playlist right now with like all my favorite songs that i've encountered this year and that was definitely one that i i put on there and i sent you the video of me by put, like, putting it on there and it's like it's surrounded <laughs> with some like heavy brutal stuff and then it's just mm-hmm. like this like, random piano song
1: yeah and that was one of my favorite uh, Mr. Mazzara moments in episode one where he says oh I you know I support the arts I pay for Spotify premium <laughs> <laughs> I was like oh man this is this is a great series <laughs> yes um But yeah, this show, the way it breaks down um, all of those characters. And you mentioned how Big Red has become one of your favorites. I love that. You know, I assumed Big Red was a nickname and it still probably is. But in all of the credits, all the online material, his friends, his teachers, and I think even his parents and his friend's parents, they all call him Big Red. So I don't know what his real name is, or if his parents just named him Big Red. Uh, I have no idea. But I love how his character opens up throughout the series. Um, I do have to say one thing that I had an issue on. I appreciate that more and more uh, films and, and series are displaying just general medical issues i guess i could say as just like you know this is like a very normal thing people deal with um for him it's played off as a little bit of a joke when ricky sleeps over and uh big red has a CPAP machine um which i sleep with one every night with mild sleep apnea and he's like oh yeah my mom got it for my for my sleep apnea like blah blah and if, to me it was played off as like okay like his mom is overprotective and think that uh she thinks that he has a lot more wrong with him than there actually is um, the issue i have is at night, Ricky wakes up and he can't sleep because of the sound of the machine. One, modern-day CPAP machines, very quiet. You don't really hear them. And two, Big Red is actively snoring through the mask, which the whole purpose of that is to prevent him from snoring. So in actuality, Ricky should be able to sleep uh, very soundly with no noise because he would not be snoring and the machine itself would be very quiet. So that's my general... Uh, you know, real-world PSA for how CPAP machines work. Um, but seeing that scene, I was like, oh, come on. Like, he would not be snoring right now. It should be kicking in and, and helping him. Otherwise, he needs a new prescription because his airway is not getting the splinting effect in which the air, uh, positive air pressure is supposed to perform. Um, but I really enjoyed Big Red and I liked his development. I liked his uh, relationship and attraction to um i forget the character's name i will find it in a moment but i liked uh their relationship and their dynamic and how we just learned more about him and how he just became more and more interesting as you know the series kind of played out over time
0: agreed and listeners just a just a note dan used to work in the medical field so Yeah,
1: he hyper focuses (laughs) on on medical stuff and and entertainment sometimes. Well, now you just make it sound like it's a bad thing, like hyper focuses. Um, I do. I think I focus maybe a little bit too much. But yeah, anytime I see like CPR being performed incorrectly, which it is all the time. uh, I just started watching Nine One One Lone Star uh, with Rob Lowe. And I really enjoy those characters. And I like that show. But man, do they get emergency medicine wrong in a lot of what they portray um so yeah that is my background and that is what i focus on uh and now i work in digital marketing and whenever i see um agencies portrayed in films or when i see like like uh anything relating to like seo or social media management or anything like that it's just it's it's funny because it's stuff i deal with every single day um so it's uh Definitely lends you to have an interesting, um, you know, perspective on some of these things.
0: Yeah, and um, but I kind of want to 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 shift gears a little bit here. Uh, I think one of the things that I've unfortunately have seen all three High School Musicals, and I say Don't unfortunately, say it like
1: it's a bad thing. That sounds hold awesome. On,
0: hold on. <laughs> I I grew up with them. So like my sister watched them and I saw them mostly because my sister, I had very like little interest in them. And that's why when you first started talking to me about doing this, I was very hesitant because of that. But one of the things that I found is that these characters feel a lot more natural and they feel a lot more fleshed out than the original source material. Uh, do you, do you agree or disagree? Um, because I, I just, I feel like, I feel like the first one kind of has like a, she's all that vibe to it where it's kind of like this, like unintentional attraction. It's like really like not supposed to be because of like high school politics, but, it is which is it's cool i don't know like it just kind of seemed like a little bit of like a rehash to me whereas this one it it, it felt more natural because of its meta nature if uh you know nini and ricky have the history then you have the ej and it's it's very much what i feel like high school is nowadays
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's more of a self-awareness now. And when you look back at when the first High School Musical came out in 2006, uh, YouTube was only about a year old. Um, Major uh, platforms like Instagram hadn't really been launched yet. Facebook was in its infancy. So there's this whole dynamic of social media and the way we connect with each other that was not a heavy-handed issue at the time. And so... I think that this show is much more in touch with what a lot of kids that age are going through right now. I say that as a 28-year-old guy who really has no clue. But uh, I think that, um, you know, seeing... Uh, siblings and and my cousins and people who are in that age bracket and having been through it myself all not not all that long ago um, I think that this show does a better job of portraying um, some of these characters and also the outward diversity of what's going on um, between different sexual orientations and people of color and different races and i feel like that is a much better representation of what a high school would actually look like and the original high school musical definitely had some of that but it was still in that early mid-2000s disney is going to try to be progressive but only to a point and not at the risk of uh, losing money and and offending people. Um, now they are much more confident in backing their um, you know more progressive, more inclusive ideas. And whether or not they think that those ideas sell and they want to make money, or if there is a team of uh, you know accepting people on the on the creative side of it, saying you know it's important to have these types of representations in our films. Um, It makes High School Musical, the musical, the series feel a lot more grounded in a lot of ways. As fantastical as the premise is, it makes you relate and um, really care for a lot of these different characters.
0: I'm glad that you really brought up the progressive nature about it. That Homecoming episode was one of the... Really is a really solid sho- showcase for uh, the progressive nature that they take with a lot of these characters and carlos in particular carlos is waiting for oh man he's a he's like a reoccurring character he's like a background character within the yeah. production to to take him to the homecoming and he doesn't show uh then you get that great dance number uh what's it called again
1: uh, it's, a uh, born brave. to be brave and born the character is waiting for. So the character's name is Seb, uh, Seb Matthew Smith played by Joe Serafini. Um, which that, one of the things I love about him is when in the first or second episode, uh, I, th- I think it's the first one, it's the initial audition. She's passing out roles to read for, um, and she says, Ryan and Carlos goes, um, I think he wants to try out for Sharpay. And Miss Jen is like, oh, that is so fresh. I love that. And then it's this. I love the fact that he gets cast as Sharpay. No one, like, gives him a hard time about it. Everyone thinks he's really cool. And then at the end of the series, at the 10th episode, when they're putting on the musical and he comes out to do his number, he has, like, hordes of fans screaming and and loving his performance. And I love that this show did that. Because I really, I was looking forward to, like, the next Ashley Tisdale type character. I wanted to see who that would be. And I think this is a really cool way to go about it. I just wish we got to see more of him. And I also, the character who plays Ryan in the musical, in the show, we see very little of. So I'm wondering if we'll be able to see him more in the future as well. Um, but yeah, that that dance scene, Born to be Brave, when Carlos is waiting for him and he agreed to be his date it's, uh, it's just so heart-wrenching and I think it's also so relatable um, for not just for anyone in, in the gay community but anyone who has ever been stood up at a dance or a date or arrived somewhere and wasn't sure if the person you were waiting for would show um, that's something that many people have felt and I like that the show kind of takes that step and, and puts you in those feelings that Carlos is experiencing
0: Absolutely, and I really lo- enjoyed him as the Sharpay character. I totally forgotten that Sharpay was a character in High School Musical until that line in the pilot, and I was like, "All right," I really, really enjoyed his just his progressiveness, and I think one of the things that really made me really like. Um, not only the series but also the the carlos character a little bit more was just his inventiveness and his drive and his willingness to kind of always do um what ever would be best for the show because he believed in it so much and uh, I, I love the just his his him and his relationship between Miss Jen, who's played by uh, uh, Kate Rinders. Uh, she does a fantastic job in this mm-hmm. show, uh, but the just the the correlation between them and there's one scene in particular between Carlos and Ricky where they have this fight that basically brings like <clears throat> let me start over again there's a great scene between carlos and ricky where ricky's not taking the, the production as seriously as carlos like there there's like they're not really matching each one another and the big fight blows up and that episode actually ends with ricky showing Carlos the dance moves in the library. I thought that was really an awesome sequence. But probably what made me really fall in love with Carlos as a character was the Thanksgiving episode where he unveils this homemade board game. And oh yeah, as soon as they showed that, and he's going through and he's he's just like talking about the game, like they're they're showing. The entire cast of this the series play the game i was it just in jelly mode the entire time like i wanted to play that game so bad
1: yeah we should see if we can uh figure out how to get our hands on a copy because that would be a a fun live cast to do and play the high school musical of the game
0: oh challenge accepted let's <laughs> let's see if we can make this happen uh go talk on somewhere else i'm gonna to see if i can find it real quick
1: all right Uh, Well, I wanted to say that uh, in the character of Carlos, I love his development and just the way he's his writing is so witty and he's able to snap back so well at people um, in his comments. And but I think one of my favorite moments is there's a moment in that episode at the homecoming dance with Mr. Mazzara. And he's Carlos is talking to him and he says, you know, I had a date. He's not here. Uh, I was really looking forward to dance with him. And uh, Mr. Mrazara very kindly and kind of off off character for him at this point in the show uh, says, well, we've all seen your moves. You don't need a partner to dance. And that is what encourages Carlos to go out and um, dance to this. Amazing song, again, Born to be Brave, if you have not heard it, um, it's available on Spotify, there's music videos on YouTube, there's an acoustic version on YouTube that's wonderful to listen to, um, but it's this really, really great scene, um, and the dancing and the choreography is so tight, and it just like made me fall in love with uh, all the characters that were present And, uh, there's a really nice juxtaposition, excuse me, if I can talk here, um, between Carlos and everyone at the dance. And then you have Nini and Courtney, uh, out behind the karaoke club that they are at also singing and performing the song. So it's really a nice end to that episode and you get a lot of nice moments. And there's also, um... Miss Jen and Ricky's dad meet each other at the bowling alley, the same place where Nini and Courtney are, and they don't know who each other are in relation to Ricky, but they're talking, and you can see there's clearly some kind of attraction there, um, and there will be more to be discovered on that. Um, But I I do think, uh, yeah, it's episode five. It kind of sets us up for all of these different, relationships and scenarios that bring us forward into the last half of the series
0: yeah so there is actually no one has figured out how to play the game uh but there is a playstation 2 game called high school musical let's sing it
1: no way really i'm checking ebay right now
0: (laughs) um so i guess i i will uh, i will take over from that
1: uh. <laughs> oh man four dollars <laughs> on ebay with zero bids i can do get it, it. Bro. I, I don't even own a ps2 but i could find one. Oh man it comes with a microphone and everything that's cool i hang on it might be available on the wii is it yeah no i don't know um but yeah sorry i'm in a i'm in an ebay hole now i'm gonna x out of that uh <laughs> But that's amazing. We need to find a way to get that board game together because it looked genuinely fun. I'm a big board game fan, and that would be Same. a really good time to play.
0: Yeah my uh, my wife or my my sister actually sorry my sister got me a board game for Christmas that basically it's it's a it's a party game, and it's uh, it's blockbuster, and you have it's three people and three people and. You basically uh, elect a team captain. Team captain, they go up, draw a card, and it's basically, you know, comedy, thriller, horror, drama, kids movie. Basically, what you have to do is you have to come up with as many titles as possible under that category, and the team to get it first wins, or get the most wins.
1: Nice. Sounds fun.
0: Uh, I have not played it yet, because... uh, I'm waiting till we move. It's I think it's packed up right now, actually. Sadly, um, but no, I think that uh, kind of jumping back into High School Musical the series. Uh, I think another great, another fun aspect of the series was you kind of never really knew who was going to end up with one another,
1: mm.
0: and that was something that I thought was really. It was a it was a really inventive way to kind of keep the audience coming back for more because you're getting invested into these characters and there's a there's a point where you know Ricky is trying to of course you know get back win back Nini and then there's a even equally equally there's also EJ is trying to win back Nini or he's like trying to like break that up from happening and you got at one point there's like Ricky and Gina happening and you yeah, have big red and uh, big red and who is who who does i uh, it's not Ashley. Uh, courtney i think
1: no it's maybe? uh no it's um is it ashley i think it might be and it is ashlyn okay so it is ashlyn so you had her
0: and even i think <laughs> one of the One of probably the best relationships to watch unfold was the teachers of Dr. or sorry, Mr. Mazzaro and Miss Jen. The two of them Mm -hmm. just having being at each other's throats for the first half of the series and then kind of watching the Thanksgiving episode really transform their relationship. It was it was really fun to watch unfold. It was a really, it was really, really well done.
1: Yeah. I think that the, the relationships in this uh, show evolved very naturally. And I loved, we haven't even really touched on Ashlyn's character and how she's involved and so self-confident and is extremely talented. And she is more in, of the show within the show kind of playing um, not behind the scenes but we don't see her sing really until a little bit later in the series and she has that uh, amazing power ballad um, wondering that she sings and there's a really great Acoustic rendition of it on YouTube of her and the other female cast members and they just absolutely rock it and it's so cool and I love how she plays the cousin to EJ and then she has uh, you know those feelings for big red and they just like kind of just awkwardly compliment each other a few times throughout the course of the show and neither of them like know how to respond to it and so the other person just walks away and then they don't know how to react and i think it's a very accurate portrayal of what trying to navigate an attraction at that age is like um and i like that we're being given um i especially like that younger viewers are being given kind of these Uh, These archetypes and these situations of like, you know, this is if you like someone and you want to say something nice to them, this is how you do it respectfully and nicely. Um, And it's uh, I think it's definitely a good, uh, good example for um, anyone trying to navigate themselves.
0: Agreed. And also Ashlyn and EJ, I I loved their dynamic because it was like they were like cool with each other but yet at the same time like there would be like other sequences where they would you know be like oh this is lame like get away from me it's it's it felt very natural when it comes to family because that's my family is very dysfunctional sometimes mm-hmm. and there are moments where we like love each other and then there are moments where like Ew.
1: Ew. <laughs> yeah 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 It's nice seeing those those different representations because like life doesn't happen in a bubble and things are going to get messy. Relationships are going to break down. People are going to get upset. And this show deals with everything from divorce to families moving around to relationships ending and beginning. And I definitely appreciated uh, EJ's character toward the end of season one and how he went through being this... Like, sleazy, untrustworthy, jealous person. He steals Nini's phone. He deletes her voicemails. And he, over time, he's able to be like, okay, yes, that was wrong. Like, I'm sorry. And by the end, he and Ricky are not at odds with each other as much like they were the entire rest of the series. There's an understanding there. And they want to be able to help each other and to be able to succeed in this role. And I think it was cool to kind of see that relationship play out, that it's like, you know, yes, like rivalry doesn't mean there needs to be a toxicity there. Uh, And I think that showing how to resolve some of those conflicts is one of the, you know, really main important pieces of this entire show.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And one of the things that I learned in high school was that there's more to life than dating, and there's more to life than, you know, just trying to be the cool guy. And I was by no means popular in high school, but I was cool with enough people in high school that like i had a reputation and i dated around in high school a lot and ej's arc throughout the course of the show was definitely my arc throughout high school where you when you start to step back from dating when you start to kind of step back from the things that from the overpopulated uh people that or nature that, you know, inflates egos, you definitely start to grow. And that's one of the things that I think that this show like does really extraordinarily well is where you find him in the beginning of the pilot and kind of just his really shady behavior that exists is really well handled throughout the course of this but it also leans really well into the comedy aspect of it the thanksgiving episode where he's kind of had this epiphany that he has to be brutally honest just some of the things that come out of his mouth are is so funny and just the way that he interacts with characters throughout that that episode or two where he is just deciding to do that It it was just really hilarious to kind of watch unfold because you would never expect to see something like that in today's societies. And it was a, it was a funny moment, but then he kind of learns, okay, well, I shouldn't be the jerk that I was before. And I clearly can't be this brutally honest guy that I was trying to be. I have to find a, a middle ground. What does that look like for me? How does that middle ground interact with other people? and that's really where you grow i think as a as a person as well to where you are not necessarily being toxic as egotistical but also not toxic as being you know brutally honest like there has to be a middle ground because that middle ground is where you find community that middle ground is where you allow the environment that you're around to not be tainted as much. That's like the best way I think I I can describe it.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to be able to um, associate beyond just different like social classes in, in high school, but really in life, too. I mean, to be able to go speak to someone completely different from yourself or to get on the same level and understand something that someone else is going through. Um, you know, we talk about suicide awareness and, and reaching out and, uh, help us out there and your life is value and people care. I think that at the fundamental core of that is a fact that we are all people going through different things. Some of us have been in, um, different, all kinds of different areas. And to be able to relate to that, I think the best people, the most successful people are the people who are able to relate and speak to the largest range of people, whether you were born rich or poor, did this in high school or grew up and, you know, went on to do this job or whatever. It's about coming down to the core element of what makes us who we are. And I think that's how I'm able to reach across the political spectrum a good amount of the time. Um, When I meet people who have vastly different ideas from my own, I say, okay, well let's talk about these core fundamental things. And it's usually, you know, do you care about fellow people? Do you want people to have the same opportunities that you have? Do you want people to have the same rights and freedoms that you have? And do you want people to be free from persecution? And generally, The answer across the board is, you know, yes, of course, I think that's the way that people should be treated and that the way things are. If we can agree on that fundamental element, everything else we disagree on, I can at least find that common ground and be able to go forward from there. And this show does a really good job of bringing in all these different students and these different difficulties that they're facing. And you know, just from going through high school, And recognizing these students, I mean, there's probably at least a few people that you know personally that uh, you're reminded of when you're looking at some of these cast of characters. And I think it makes it that much more relatable um, and makes it a really powerful source because people look at TV, film, video games, books as, as this form of entertainment. And of course, it is that. But art has always been a reflection of ourselves. It's a reflection of the world that we live in and it's important to be able to gain something valuable from that. And I think that as silly as the premise of high school musical, the musical, the series might be, it does a good job of bringing these characters and these conversations into the, the forefront of the, um, you know, modern conversation of what we're discussing. It's why we're here today. And it's why, uh, I'm looking forward to season two whenever that comes out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, it... One of the things that I often get asked when I tell people that I do a podcast, of course, it's, oh, well, tell me about the show. What is it about? And trying to explain that we are the marriage between pop culture and suicide prevention, that we use pop culture to invite conversation and engage and educate when it comes to mental health and value and worth, it's – some people get it right away and some people don't but you're absolutely right that like art reflects us who we are to a certain degree and that's one of the things that again this series does extraordinarily well and there's one there's there's one episode in particular where Uh, Miss Jen is been found out that she's a fraud, that she is basically going to stand above the before the Board of Education. And I believe it's the episode, the tech rehearsal. Is that it?
1: Yeah. Are you thinking about when she's actually like before the Board of Education and they need to put on the performance to save her? Yes, and yeah. which I want to point out that the whole performance, they overnight choreographed and put together the song and dance with musical accompaniment, and the whole purpose was we can't perform without Miss Jen. We can't do it. Clearly, they can. They put on <laughs> an entire performance with choreographed dancing and lyrics and notes and musical accompaniment without Miss Jen's guidance. So clearly they're able to, but I liked uh I, I really enjoyed that scene, and that song, like many of the songs in the series, is incredibly catchy. It's the
0: it's an it's a turning point for a large number of these characters, though. To where yes, you've had moments like the board game night at Thanksgiving, but that is really fighting for one cause. And fighting for something that they all believe in and they're no longer there's a the scene where they're in ricky's basement or big red's basement one of the two they're no longer schoolmates performing at a school they are a community they are a a family and to kind of echo what you were talking about you know really breaking down issues or why people think I am not a political guy. I can talk to you and talk to you about movies. People that I work with absolutely love talking to me about movies. And one of the things that as I've been doing this podcast is I've found that I'm exposing myself to more content that I normally wouldn't have five years ago before we started this. And High School Musical, the musical, the series is absolutely on that list. But to me, exposing myself to either information or other culture outside of what I would consider norm is allowing me to connect to someone that I normally wouldn't otherwise connect to. And that is one of the things that I love about doing this show is that we all have we all come from different fandoms we all come from different passions and zeals and social classes and religious backgrounds and just so many different variables and but we might be connected because we like a marvel movie or we like musicals or we love disney like there's there's a number of different fandoms that can connect us and that's the thing that I love about this is that when and when you break things down at their core it's art but art functions in a very manufactured way I like I really hate to like to to boil it down to that way but when you look at something like a play or a television show or a book or Um, film they it boils down to character characters character development character interaction narrative plot pacing like there's a there's logistical things that make up those things and i think to echo your point from a different perspective it is that is kind of where you can start to really start to connect with people And start to create those things and for the the core cast of High School Musical their together moment was the the saving of Miss Jen and it was this commonality that brought them together and some relationships are like that where you guys can have casual conversations in, in some way and then in other relationships you can come together and be friends for life because of one event.
1: You know, that's so true. And um, I think at the core of connections in general, that is what makes us human. That's what sets us apart as a species. And I think the way that we will be studied in the future and the way that we kind of develop and evolve, it's all about those different connections. And that's why I love video games so much. And you mentioned um, bonding over different fandoms. And for me, a game in a lot of ways is so intimate in that if we all watch a movie, we all watch a show. Yes, we have those shared experiences and we can love that. and We can talk about that. And I could go on for hours about star Wars or Harry Potter, but for a video game, my favorite game of all time is the legend of Zelda Majora's mask. And there is so much, uh, heartbreak and emotion and melancholy and, um, sadness and relief and elation, um, associated with that game and with the story and everything that you go through that when I meet another person and I mention Majora's mask and their eyes light up and they go, yeah, I love that game too. I am able to connect with that person on a little bit of a deeper level because of what it means to take control of a character and play through a story to completion and handle all of these different side quests and know all these characters and just get to know every inch of that land. It, Uh, uh, allows me to know that the person I'm talking to um, this shared experience is something that we have both been through and can really relate to Um, with high school musical, the musical, the series. I love that it. I'm so curious of how it's going to continue and how they're going to handle these different relationships because the show is titled High School Musical. They tease in the last episode, Miss Jen says, just wait till you see what our spring musical is. And it ends, and there have been articles released saying, well, they're not going to do High School Musical 2. It's going to be a different musical. So I'm so curious. I said at the start of this podcast that it's its own thing. It stands on its own. And I think that we are now going to go a step beyond that where if season two, they are doing another musical and it is separate from that. We are now leaving high school musical behind completely. And it is now just this show of these original characters and their relationships and what's going on in their lives. Um, So I am super stoked to see where this goes. I know that the Mandalorian season two is going to hit us in October, which is really not all that far away. Um, and we, uh, I'm hoping we'll see more of High School Musical: The Musical: The Series um, around that time frame as well.
0: So, High School Musical: The Second Series or the Second Season of the Series, uh, according to Entertainment Weekly, is actually going to be doing uh, Beauty and the Beast, ah. which I kind of have uh, some issues with. Uh, only because we just got a live-action Beauty and the Beast, but a couple years ago. But that's my only complaint with that. Uh, I think by now, this time, you use a well-known property to establish these original characters, and what you can do from that is you can literally pick from multiple, multiple Disney uh, properties. And because, you know, if they really wanted to, they could do Lion King or Aladdin or Little Mermaid because those have seen Broadway. Those have legitimately um, seen the lights of of Broadway. And if Disney is smart with this, um, because I think the, the thing that we also have to keep in mind about streaming is that with these streaming apps, you don't really know how long uh, the lifespan of shows show is going to be. You look at the average life of a Netflix series and it the average life is like 3 seasons and then but you know every now and then you have anomalies like Orange is the New Black and one of the things that I think is going to be interesting that if they played their cards, right, this could be a, like a more musical version of Degrassi almost to where mm. you can introduce new characters every season. And then when your original cast leaves, you're, you can bring, you've already planted the seeds for the next generation and then you just kind of repeat that process over and over again. But you have to find a way to not really make it um, so repetitive or so redundant. And that's one of the things that with Disney doing this, you can truly do 10 seasons, if not more, because Disney has a well, it feels like, of just such iconic musicals and musical scores.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right that they can pull um, a whole bunch of different types of stories and music and songs. And I hope that they do continue to move forward with the originality of the series um, and not just fall back on what they've done so many times before. But I am always excited to see new renditions and see things in different ways. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the future holds and what will become of uh, high school musical, the musical, the series. And I think with that, um, that just about does it for me. Do you have any final closing thoughts you'd like to share?
0: Uh, I do not. Do you want to put it through our Rorschach rating scale?
1: Sure thing, man. This is, I cannot, um, mention just how much i enjoy this show how important it is how much i listen to the music i will give this a solid four out of five rorschachs um, and honestly i'd probably give the mandalorian about the same score that is how much i value each of these properties
0: to that i'm not gonna lie that that completely threw me off i was expecting a five Totally expecting a 5. If not a 5, as you kind of started talking about your gripes, I was like, all right, it's shrinking down to a 4.5. But a 4, all
1: right. See, to me, a a 4 is a very high score for me. And, (laughs) and, you know, your 5 scale, first of all, 10 is way better because 10, you can go that 8 or 9 range if you want. Um, 5, I find it to be a a little limiting. Um, But for me... A five is a masterpiece that 100% delivers on what it was intended to do. For me, uh, Star Wars would be a five. Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. like That is the bar that I'm setting for fives. And I try to be very honest with myself and not just give everything a five. Because I could be very liberal with it because I do love it that much. But objectively, it's not quite level of Star Wars for me. I'd put it right about a four, which is still, and I need to repeat this, a very, very high score in my opinion. I'm
0: also gonna go with the four. I really enjoyed this series a lot more than I thought I was. Uh, the I found myself really caring about these characters, which I, I feel is a strong testament to the writing of this. The music, like you said, it's it's really catchy, but. Every now and then, like it does, have its its glitches and it's and I feel like you have that when you have a larger core cast. When you look at you, we've compared the Mandalorian a lot. The Mandalorian is basically for the majority of the show. It is basically the Mandalorian and the child. That is basically the cast of the Mandalorian. And that's why I, I feel like *The Mandalorian* a little bit better because you you they do a really good job with character development. Not saying that it doesn't exist in *In High School Musical*, but I feel like it's more effective in that regard. And a lot of, a lot of that comes just from the the core cast. Like some of this some of these cast members, you can definitely tell that they decided to focus and definitely flesh out you know characters like nini and ricky and ej and uh even you know big red and miss jen they they definitely decide to to flesh out a lot of those characters some of the characters in here kind of feel one note but i mean it's still a really fun time and this is a series that i i got done it and my sister i texted her and i said have you watched this series yet And she's like, I had no desire to watch it because Zac Efron wasn't in it. And I was like, this is better than the movies. Like, I I will completely say that if I have to recommend something for people to watch, this is this is high on my my radar. I've been telling people to watch it since I finished it. It's it's catchy. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's really entertaining from start to finish. 100%
1: agree with that. Uh, Definitely just a very delightful time. Um, And overall, a really cool thing that I'm happy is on the Disney Plus selection of things to watch. And it makes me look even more forward to more of the original stuff that they have to offer.
0: All right, Dan. Well, where can people find you online?
1: You can find me um, on Twitter at DRock64. You can also find me on Letterboxd, also at DRock64. Um, You'll usually find me here on Victims and Villains uh, after major movie releases. I don't know when I will be on next. I'll be honest, because things are getting pretty busy. But I do need to shout out that March this year and even into April looks absolutely insane for movie releases Um, because forgive me, there's too many to name, but week after week after week, March 6th, uh, the new Pixar movie onward is coming out the following week uh, bloodshot and uh, with Vin Diesel and also my spy with Dave Batista, which looks like fun. Uh, March 20th, a quiet place part two, March 27th, the live-action Mulan, uh, and that is just March. Basically, every Thursday in March, I'm going to have to be at the movies. And um, April, it really doesn't slow down, and then we're into May and summer blockbuster season with Black Widow, Fast and Furious 9, Wonder Woman 1984 in June, and then it just goes and takes off from there. So twenty twenty is uh, shaping up to be a very good film year so far. So I'm very excited to be here in this day and age and experience all of these wonderful stories with you people.
0: And not to mention, Dan is going to be doing our exclusive First Tuesday series, Twitter Tuesdays. Uh, If you guys do not follow us on Twitter, you guys can decide what movie we're going to be covering first Tuesday of every month with for uh nominees that dan and i have chosen but you guys can follow us everywhere at victims and villains you guys can go to victimsandvillains.net where you guys can get all of our past episodes social media contact us upcoming events and most importantly you guys can also get suicide prevention resources as well all right well this is a podcast that i never thought i'd make (laughs) <laughs> but I'm glad I made it uh, Me too <laughs> So until next time Remember to keep talking nerd Talking hope and Speaking Nothing else And always be brave Victims and Villains is written and produced by Josh Berkey. Our intro music comes courtesy of Yuri Bespalov, while our outro music comes courtesy of Beggars.